All right. Welcome to the second episode of Fucking Sick Podcast. For a second, I forgot what the podcast was called. And today, inspired by the way we look on our camera, the grease, the glaze, the glare. It's like it's like that grease dripping down your face every single day, you know? <laughs> greasy, greasy fry bread. Greasy, greasy fry bread. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch a new episode? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I just I can't stop laughing the way they throw throw shade at native rappers. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it's it's a pretty good way of looking at how native rappers are and how kind of cringy and corny they can be, but it also like the fact that our community is inspired by them sometimes, you know? Yeah, I, I think I think about almost every time or I think every one of us has gone through a, a rapping stage of our life. It's not to, like, a stage, Dad. It's not a stage, Dad. <laughs> but for real though, I love hip hop, so I, I'm I'm forever gonna love hip hop. Go ahead. Right. Didn't you write some raps? Hell you, yeah, I do. Hell been, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, I got a couple songs with my my sh- sh- baby mama. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I'll keep it one hundred with y'all. Like, I still have a dream of putting out a small EP, and I've talked to my partner about this, Tatiana, because she makes music, and. You know, I still want to do it. Like, it's, it's something like, hey, what the hell? Like, it's a hobby. It's something I derive pleasure from. And it's like, makes me feel good, you know, exercising that part of my brain that I don't necessarily get to do when it comes to writing in a very creative way. Usually it's very structured and academic. Yeah, I think I think your style kind of reminds me of like the Blue Scholars a lot. Fuck like, yeah. Dude, I every time I listen to your, like, I think you did put out something on SoundCloud. And I was listening and I was like, Hey, this is like Blue Scholars. It's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm in, I'm inspired by that uh, underground Minnesota hip hop. You know that that emo backpack rap. That's all. Of, that's of it, man. I'm all about that shit. I'm like, yo, she broke my heart. Uh, I can't think of any rhymes right now, but it doesn't matter because it's all art. <laughs> it's all art. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and, and this isn't really shade to rap. I think when it because I I do like a lot of native rappers. Um, I enjoy the music that they put out and I enjoy the perspective that they give, but there are some rappers that I'm like, I don't know, man, those bars aren't, those bars aren't hitting anything, you know, like yeah. I, it's really unrelatable for me. Well, uh, me. So, so what me and my cousins used to do, um, we used to, uh, before, I mean, this was like, when we we're still pretty young, but every time they used to spend a night over, we have like, we'll stay up until like three, of course but we would have rap battles and we'd so we would have a, a, yes. like a paper yeah and then also so we would give have characters right i remember one was like uh i think it was like um the fuck up mr munster and then there was like versus uh dolly parton or some shit <laughs> <laughs> what so, the fuck yeah so we would open right uh raps uh like just we'll give each other about five minutes or two minutes to write something down and then we'd be like, all right, you guys ready? And then someone would start beatboxing. And then we'd just have like a little rap battle going on. <laughs> Yo, that reminds me of a story. So in college, this is story. I guess this will count for story time because we do have a guest. Um, I, a friend of mine, a uh, good friend of mine, I won't give names, but one night him and I and his partner, uh, we hung out at this white girl's house. And that whole evening we were hanging out and we were longboarding, skateboarding around Phoenix. And then we ended up at this white girl's house. And uh, we started drinking. And it was the first time I had fireballs. 
fucking reds, huh? Fucking fireballs, fireballs, sonics. Anyways, so I had fire. I had a fire. Is it fireball? Is it fireball? Okay. I guess I was thinking plural because I had many different shots of fireball, and I think it was a Jaeger bomb. But I had so many because I was like, this tastes really good. And I was young. All right. I didn't really drink that much. I didn't know much about it. And we after like eight or not eight, like four or five Jaeger bombs in me and him were like we're in her bedroom and his partner's on the bed and he's a fucking freestyle, man. And um, it, it like we're literally like picture this in some white girl's bedroom. There's lights on. There's like some hip hop posters. <laughs> There's three of us just sitting in the middle of it. I don't know. I forgot how we got there. I think that's because we were drinking there. And then all of a sudden he's like, yo, man, let's freestyle. And I was like, I started laughing because, you know, when I when I drink, I get really I get giggly. And um, she starts beatboxing. You know, she's she's actually I think she's a really I think I think she had practice because she's really from what I remember, she's really good. And my friend. He's like, he's like, and it, I start laughing so hard because he's like, you know, but because he, he's drunk, he's mumbling and slurring. And I swear to God, it sounded like he was in a ceremony praying like, and I was laughing because I was like, holy dude, like, this is too surreal. This guy, like, he's my friend is so drunk that he's like slurring and he's like mumbling that it sounds like he's actually doing a traditional Navajo song and we're in the like not in the dark but you know the lights are dim and i could not stop laughing because i was like dude this dude is like freestyling so bad not bad but so hard that like and he's so drunk that it just gets rhythmic but it sounds like a prayer and i will never forget that night because that shit made me laugh so hard he was like and i'm like what the fuck is he saying and then she's beatboxing and i'm looking at my friend She's on the bed and she's laughing and I'm like, yo, is this real? And she's laughing and she's shaking her head. I'm like, he sounds like a fucking medicine man. And it could not like, uh, it was it was one of the nights where I'm like, all right, I need Wait. I can't get too fucked up with these things. Yeah. Wait, did, have you heard Navajo rappers rap in Navajo? It's like I, a thing. I've heard some of them and I, I, I give them props for that because I don't know Navajo. I, I understand, but I don't think I have enough to like rhythmically rap it yeah i remember uh in high school um all the skater dudes and icp juggalos they always had rap battles like i'll be walking and we'll be in lunch and i'll be like holding my burrito and then uh my cousin's be like oh dude so-and-so is like rap battling I'm like oh shit we just like cruise up and they're like oh, going at it and they're like oh getting all distance stuff like that and i remember uh someone one day someone had like braids down like in, the, in front of their like by their forehead and then i remember one of the rappers was like i'll grab that make you like move around or some shit <laughs> well those are the best ones like that's why i could never battle rap is because they're to battle rap you have to be very witty about it and i don't think i'm witty enough to battle rap like i i knew some white kids who would do that shit but like they were good at it but you know like i personally just was like i'm not a battle rapper dude i and, and at that age like high school and co like college i was predominantly driven by my ego so if you knew me then you know how egotistical i was and how confident and arrogant i was <laughs> but i also knew i had enough knowledge of self to know that if i entered into a battle rap i would get creamed because i'd be like uh i'd, I'd stumble a lot and i would lose it and then 
everybody in eight mile would be like get him out of here get him out (laughs) i was gonna say uh so switching gears a little bit i was gonna say uh have you watched the um other episode for reservation dogs the one with the the uncle yeah okay fucking dairy farmer bro that was okay so i i think everyone out in the res has an uncle like that like just a fucking rowdy ass uncle because i know i know for a fact that my partner has an uncle like that and he's fucking rowdy dude like he has a bunch of like stories like that where he just knocked out a bunch of people (laughs) bro i i like i think that's the beauty of that show is they do a really good job of writing stories that are very relatable to natives and i'm trying to avoid the binary of like city natives versus res natives because to me that doesn't exist as much like there are still some small distinctions but at this point in the late stages of capitalism our experiences are blended together and when i when i saw that uncle i was like bro it didn't remind me of an uncle bro it reminded me of a grandpa like i there's some grandpas i know that i'm like fuck dude what are you talking about yeah i used to beat up white people man fuck (laughs) them like and who are like reinvigorated by this land back to a fuck it let's let's fight these folks with land back and i'm like yo chill bro like i'm like i love yeah. the enthusiasm but you know and they're like i'll crack a bottle i'll make a knife yeah. out of it. like they're shards I mean, imagine if you got all the rowdy uncles and grandpas and just like armed them and then be like hey let's go get some land back and then imagine them against like the proud boys <laughs> <laughs> don't you compare navajo revolutionaries to fucking white European ethno nationalist. <laughs> it would like totally <laughs> fuck them up. Oh, oh, you mean like against them? Yeah, like, okay, like, 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 like a battle. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I thought you were making a, a comparison. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of like spirit and spirit in there, a revolution yep. spirit, you know, that's that's in there that have just pent up rage and knowledge that they're just like, you know what? We're gonna come, we're gonna take it back, all of it we back, you know. <laughs> So give me that AK. I'll take it back myself. Fuck it. <laughs> Just give me a 22, damn it. I don't need no AK. <laughs> give me a can of uh give me a give me a tall boy and a fucking AK. I'll fucking do it, man. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Let me just, you know, I don't even need weapons. I got my spiritual weapons. And it all transforms into a skinwalker. <laughs> but I like what Gary Gary Farmer is like, oh, uh, what do you say? He's like, who the fuck are you calling a shapeshifting like spat? <laughs> oh man. What oh shit. Oh, that's my oh fuck, that's my phone. I was like, what the fuck is that? I know. I was uh, like, damn. I was I thought it was on your end. It was like, I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, it kind of uh, threw me off. I was gonna say, yeah. So going back to the Gary Farmer. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's very relatable. I my favorite thing though of that whole episode was them censoring the owl eyes. Oh I think, yeah. I, I think that's such a great piece of humor that to me like exhibits like it, it's it's combining like sentiments that are quote unquote like in modern cultural techno uh, modern technology and media consumption where you censor certain things out but it's like what if we were to censor things that like certain indigenous people you know can't aren't are supposed to censor you know like we're not supposed to kind of go in that direction and that shit was hilarious I, for me yeah. though i was wondering why they didn't censor the whole the whole owl because you know for I, I mean as i understand it for navajos you're supposed to censor the whole owl like you, yeah. you just don't fuck with that are you like close your ears or like you do a little prayer when you hear the ooh ooh, you know so that's yeah, yeah i was like yeah. that I, I, I thought that was a great a great moment that was a high moment for me yeah i i gotta yeah i uh when i was watching it 
I remember I just I just lost it as soon as that all came up and I was like what the heck and um it was it was interesting because the person that wrote it I think is Navajo too but also I think that it's kind of like a I guess pan indigenous kind of view a uh but you know I, I we all have um our our how do you say not problems but we have our um customs about owls and I and but I, I also saw a lot of community backlash and I thought that was interesting too. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, it, there's always something someone has to nitpick, you know. Or yeah, not I shouldn't yeah. say nitpick because that that sounds like I'm being an asshole about it. Yeah, but there's always something people <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I get it. Like well, actually I don't get why they critique that thing. I thought it was hilarious. And you like that's the whole point. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I... Even I thought uh, another thing was freaking hilarious is with that uh, uncle's old stash, like, you know, his old <laughs> weed stash. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, another, on the most recent episode, I thought, uh, oh, no, 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 uh, before we get into the most recent episode, but with the weed stash, I, I do know some uncles that grew their own weed and they literally like buried it and they forgot where they buried it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like fucking squirrels with nuts or are they just like, <laughs> through their ignorance and forgetfulness they managed to plant a whole new tree yeah exactly <laughs> or a whole new weed plant just a bunch <laughs> of weed plants all over the rest. hey grandma what's what's this plant over here so, oh <laughs> shit that's your uncle's plant must have left it here two two moons ago damn i have uh my cousin has a lot of uncles like rowdy uncles like that yeah they're like oh yeah dude they're like um they like literally dug a big hole like a five foot by five foot kind of like hole and then they like put all their um their wheats, all their wheats in there, and then they like covered it with plexiglass. So when someone came over, they just threw like a big old rug over it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't don't give Donald Benali or not Donald Dene Benali any ideas. <laughs> just like underground. <laughs> <laughs> if I fall, if I'm walking around Shiprock and I like crash through some some plexiglass some plexiglass carpet. <laughs> Uh, contraption. Uh, I know exactly where I'm landing. It's probably going to be on someone's <laughs> weed stash. Some weed stash. <laughs> uh, oh, I saw uh, another news talking about weed. I know um, Gallup made it like a, a crime to use weed, I guess, in public or something like that. Right, right. Isn't it yeah. legalized? In it's it's legalized in New Mexico, yeah, but they made it illegal to like Smoke use it, it in public. Yeah, which, which is. is- which is weird. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Someone on Facebook was like, yo, you know, told them, told the person off in person in a very I thought, that was way. I thought that was hilarious. Like, fuck you. And I was like, damn. <laughs> like, I'm an asshole. Well, fuck you. And it was on Facebook, too, and tagged that person in it. And I'm like, geez, like, that's that's some direct action right there. Let's see if that gets the goods. <laughs> yeah. Reliable. I mean, um, I guess, yeah. So like, I, I'll, I'll pivot off of that kind of in a, in a very relatable thing. Navajo Nation is as of the 23rd of what I re- remember reading, sorry I almost stammered there. Um is requiring that all, all all tribal government employees be vaccinated by the 29th of September. Which in similar news, you know, when you put that in distinction or put that in comparison to like Florida, which is where like a lot of covid numbers are going up and people are fucking up and not getting vaccinated plus there's no mask mandate like that's pretty much why their numbers are going up like so you know i i was like thinking about that and i goes back to this one question because i i'll before i put the question out to you cody 
you know, there's a there's a lot of ideas going around as to how to how how to deal with COVID, the vaccination. Sorry, I don't know why I'm speaking like that. And uh, I remember a while ago, there was this article uh, where the CDC director told people like, "Hey, we can probably get COVID under control if we just get everybody to wear masks for four to eight weeks." And you know, it was just saying like, and this was a CDC director. I think it was like Robert. R. Redfield, who was getting an interview, I read it on Axios, and he was like, yo, bro, I'll keep it real with you. If we can get people to wear their mask for four to eight weeks, we we can get, you know, coronavirus, the coronavirus um, under, control. under control. Right. And there also was this idea, too. I forgot who said it. Um, I think it was the coronavirus advisor to Biden who literally was like, if we just pay workers to stay home for four to six weeks, we could knock this pandemic out. And my question to you is, you know, like, fuck, why didn't we do that? Granted, I know why, because we live in a capitalist system and people fetishize the economy um, and and fetishize the market. But what I was going to say, dude, is if the Navajo Nation, because the realistically it could be probably the only government because it's pretty one point if navajo nation were to pay you four to six weeks to stay home from work what the fuck would you do for those four to six weeks <laughs> wait so do i have to work during the four to six weeks or it just i, I think don't. i think it just says pay to stay pay for workers to stay home so like you would get paid i don't necessarily think you would work my assumption is that you wouldn't have to work uh because to me this to pay workers includes everyone like from fast food to um government employees so everybody on the navajo nation literally gets we'll say six weeks of just vacation they get paid vacation what would you do in those what would i weeks? do damn i i probably would travel a lot go check no, out different you, places no that's spreading the fucking virus cody <laughs> <laughs> you to stay home <laughs> at, i mean let me clear what would you do for six weeks at home cody okay okay um you you'd be a fucking <laughs> COVID spreader. i'll go see my relatives <laughs> damn um i don't know if i would have to stay home like legit to stay home uh other than like getting hold on did this go off no, no, you're good. I can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I would uh, probably just, well, I probably would you do all my outside projects and just build a bunch of shit. And then I would probably uh, hunt a bunch, a bunch of skinwalkers. No, <laughs> Reclaim. Um, but no, I, I probably would also just uh, do a lot of stuff that I wish I could always do during work, which is like, um, I don't know, um, sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Why, why don't we, let's, this was an opportunity to plug your business, Cody. What, what do you do? Okay. I would definitely um, make my knives because I'm a knife maker. Um uh, Artist Forge, if you guys want to know. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I, I would definitely catch up on all my fucking orders because I have so many orders. And I would also probably make a lot of other knives and just make my own shop. I would love to make my own shop. What would you do, Marley? Would you do some like 
some rap shows or hey fuck you <laughs> that's all you're just mocking me man don't, don't spit on my dream bro my, the mic is my oh fuck the mic is my way man um <laughs> i would ooh, i think like you i would work outside um there are some things i wouldn't mind helping my family my my partner's family i guess in-laws some, some people might be like but you're not married you can't call them in-laws i'm like i have a baby with them so you know fair enough um definitely some outside work uh i would do a lot more reading i would work on the podcast because i feel like more people are at least on my particular my own personal podcast because there are some things i want to cover and then i would um you know prepare myself for armed revolutionary struggle and start <laughs> start a Maoist guerrilla group in the Chuska Mountains. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but if you are willing to do that, you know, props to you. Good luck. Um, I just, I, I can't. I as much as I, I believe in the mass line approach. Um, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think because I, I was reading that and I was just like, you know, if our, if the federal government wasn't such a embedded with like capitalist values, and so afraid of communism and socialism they would have a better chance of dealing with a lot of the issues. Um, you know, like Vietnam is doing a pretty decent job. So is China, you know, and these are, you know, communist countries, or I should say socialists. I don't know if they're communists, um, but socialist countries that are working to go towards communism. Mm -hmm. And the U.S., despite having the, you, the empire around the world, just fucked up majorly. And it's like continuous, it's like a continual fuck up. Um, <laughs> you know, and thankfully we live in, the Navajo nation where there's some like rationale that's not centered on um, market driven forces or accumulation, you know, I mean, you know, like they're, they're actually willing to look out for their people and their government. I'm sorry, looking out for their people. And in this case, you know, Nez is like, Hey, mandate still stands. I personally think maybe we should kind of move back to the lockdown, but you know, that's just me. And you know, so and, and we have a lot of restrictions in place, like 50 percent capacity. Um, yeah. I think students, Navajo school students under 12 have to stay at home. And they you know, there's a lot of Wi-Fi places. I shouldn't say there's a lot, but there's more than there were before. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it got me thinking. I was like, you know, um, people can talk shit about the Navajo government, but hey, we did pretty I'm sorry, not we, um, we, the government did pretty good. <laughs> about I'm it. the government. I'm the government that I'm big brother. <laughs> Dude. no i i definitely i think one thing that i saw with the pandemic is that people started to see that there's more to life than just working and you know a lot of people were like hey maybe we should like work from home or maybe we should have more time with our families and like one major thing i also saw was um they started to realize the the downfalls of capitalism, which it needs to be market driven. You know, you need labor, definitely need a lot of labor, but exploitation of that labor. And, you know, that is not, it's not sustaining, self-sustaining, especially when the market goes down. And then I think uh, one thing that I, I also started to notice was like, like, you know, the, the views of medical care and Medicare and healthcare. And, I think the sad thing was that um, when people went in and got like when, if they had COVID and then they would have to go to go on the ventilator and stuff like that, they would have to still pay for that after they left. And, you know, I, I completely 
um, agree that we should uh, kind of go back and just kind of hang out at home. But that also brings upon, I mean, a conglomerate of other things. But, you know, if I had the ability to stay home, <laughs> which I mean, I'm going to be in the legal profession and my whole drive is literally to have my legal office in back of my house. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most sketchy law practice. Hey, uh, where's your office? Oh, come with me in my backyard. It's like in the shack. <laughs> oh, the fucking riz. Like, you know, hold on. You know, I'll do that. Like, like all like all red style. Having no, a Hogan. <laughs> I feel yeah. But I was going to one of the things I wanted to talk about while we were here is the fact that the COVID pandemic is really demonstrating the cult aspect of capitalism, or I should say the death cult of capitalism in a sense that in capitalism, people aren't valued. It's profit over people. And I think it was one of the politicians. uh, I don't remember if she was a Senator or representative um, Marjorie Taylor green, I think last week was like talking about, I don't know if you saw that video, um, but she's like, yes, the waiting rooms are full. But you know what? Waiting rooms are always full. And this is waiting rooms in the hospital. And she's like, not just COVID. And then she adds kind of one of her final points was, we're human. We can't live forever. You know, like, it's like, it's like, no, but we can, we can maintain life um, to a longer extent that people don't die prematurely, which is like part of capitalism is that people, some, some populations are valued less uh, based on race, their gender, um, their sexual identity. um, Even mean their age too yeah even age too that yeah. like they're they're willing to be people are willing to sacrifice these people which goes back to that one fuck like remember a was long it jeb time bush? Ago, was it jeb bush? Talking about jeb bush i think it was jeb bush well it was i'll say what i'm thinking and if, if it's connected to yours you can say that or just completely okay. um go for okay. it yeah but go my, for my, it. my thing was when that old person was like i'm willing to i think it was like this old white dude was like i'm willing to um to die for the economy you know like it's 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 this part of this mentality that the economy is separate you know that it's its own entity like god in the sky um but it's like i'm willing to sacrifice myself for the economy so the youth can keep going and then one i think is some lieutenant governor from texas was like uh they were suggesting that pan- grandparents should be willing to die for the u.s economy uh, as a senior citizen uh are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren. And if that's the exchange, I'm all- And it's like, oh yeah. God, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is where we're at. Like, you know, it, and, and that's what I'm saying when I say capitalism is a death cult. So is that what you were talking about with Jeb Bush? Yeah, yeah I think Jeb, it was Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Jeb, Jeb Bush, your, your brother. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna be out here today. Someone mentioned my brother, Jeb Bush. <laughs> Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> uh by the way uh that was george w bush coming in uh he's our guest hello there I, navajo nation i see y'all got a mask mandate so you must not care about your freedom <laughs> so, so george how do you what would you do for those six weeks if you stay home well i don't know all i do is just paint pictures of people i've killed <laughs> in my iraq war it's pretty it's pretty therapeutic if you ask me. I really haven't been doing anything since my presidency. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you, George W. Bush. What about you, Bill, Bill Clinton? How would you do it? What would you do? <laughs> I was kidding, no, oh, yeah. I was Bill like, Clinton. fuck, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. George Bush just left, and um, uh, Bill Clinton never made it because he's got some serious issues. He's trying to separate himself from Jeff Epstein. 
Maybe we'll have uh, Bill Clinton on the next on the next pod. No, I'm just <laughs> no fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, fuck <laughs> both of them. But <laughs> oh man. Uh, so so yeah, Jeb Bush. I'm sorry, that was a big tangent on my fault. Oh no, no, it's okay. Yeah, like yeah, I think Jeb. That's one thing I also noticed is that like people. Well, for me, um, what what I noticed up here in Idaho um, is that people don't want to put their mask on, and then they're like, "We don't need to do that because we we appreciate the First Amendment." And I was like, "Oh my God, what? Why? Why do that?" Well, it's it's called because it's God's given right, Cody. If That's you'd true. read the Bible, you'd know that that God said you get individual <laughs> freedom and uh, the free will, depending on what religion of the Christianity belief is is dependent. It is non-existent, dependent. That's true, brother. That's true. Thank you. Thank you for coming <laughs> on to the power to talk about the first amendment or second amendment rights. First and second, man. You can't. There ain't no third after that. You only need your first and second, if you ask me. The the right to say anything that's not politically correct, and then the right to um, arm bears. Mm-hmm. What you know? I I think wrong with this generation is that they're all politically <laughs> wrong, while I'm politically <laughs> politically correct. <laughs> Oh shit. Um anyways, so I don't know if Crystal can hear us. Hey Crystal, can you hear us? Uh, we were mid-rant talking in, about him. Yeah, I can hear you guys. <laughs> this is like what, 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 what I know. Is this the same podcast that they were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh just some context. Uh, it just came in with like you guys with your accents. <laughs> <laughs> you missed George Bush. He left like 30 minutes or like three oh, minutes sorry. ago <laughs> yeah george bush was on bill clinton never made it though no no um <laughs> no. so cody and i we um we started this podcast talking about uh the recent episode of reservation dogs i don't know if we've seen it or not so we don't want to give spoilers but if you want to give your thoughts on that then we transitioned into coronavirus talk about the navajo nation's uh mandate for employees to get vaccinated and then we kind of just started talking shit about capitalism and how it's a death cult. And then we were talking about the first, the the free, the individual freedoms. It, it's been weird. It's been a weird recording session. Most definitely. Um. Yeah. Well, I did see all three episodes of the Reservation Dogs, and I love it. I absolutely love it. It's so it, it's so real. <laughs> And you get the humor. I feel like if you were non-native, you wouldn't get the humor. But I don't know how they're, you know, having that come across for everyone. But we get it because <laughs> we know how it is to go to IHS. <laughs> um, <laughs> we know how it is when you see or hear an owl. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you? I, I I was talking to Cody earlier about how my favorite part was the owl thing where they censored the eyes, but I was telling Cody they should have censored the whole owl for, for Navajos, but you know, you can't be too picky. Just yeah. Seen our I mean, it, it was, it was hilarious that that scene, <laughs> because <laughs> that's the type of thing we would do too. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I just love the dialogue with the, I think this, um, this is the third episode. Yeah. And with the uncle, <laughs> and like, um, maybe you're a skinwalker. <laughs> like, no, no, shapeshifter. See, yeah. I said skinwalker. Um, but he's like, maybe you're a shapeshifter. It's just, it's so, it's so native and I love it. Um, I think it's finally, um, I love how um, it's portrayed because it's, you know, it's true. And it's not through like a, a, a non-native 
um, gaze, I guess. Right, right. That's a great point is it's not it's not necessarily filtered through like a white writer. Yeah, yes. yeah. I think it's think... been a problem in the past and frustrating. So <laughs> most definitely. I think this is kind of um, it's it's relieving. And um, I love how everyone is um, putting in their two cents in it. And honestly, I haven't heard anything bad about it. Um, everything's been um, positive and good. It, it's kind of, it also kind of um, opens up conversations with other people and because they've seen it and all that. And so it was, yeah, I love it. I haven't, I don't know if the new one's out, but um, I've only seen the, the three. Yeah, episode four is out. It's it's great too. I think, well, I want to spoil it for you, but the the first scene is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think I think as 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 Navajo people who've encountered the certain group of people, um, y- you might find it interesting. You might find it hilarious, actually. That certain uh, group of people, a very <laughs> certain class of people. Like, <laughs> um oh and then the um what is it that da- was his name dallas goldtooth his character with the, with the, oh yeah, with yeah. The spirit voice. oh man it was so funny and then he just really talked himself up and then he <laughs> mentions how he never made it to battle because of the gopher hole good. Good, good, Marley. No, I was gonna say like that shit made me laugh so hard. Like when he's like peeing behind the bath or behind the dumpster, and he's like, "Oh, if that was me, I would have speared that little one, that white kid." You know, and I was like, "God damn!" Like, <laughs> only like it, the humor is just perfect. Like it's it's not catered to white people because they, you know, I've had some people um say like, "Hey, what does this mean?" And I'm like, "You know what? You got you got to know what it means. You know, you, you, you get you. I can't really explain it." And I never heard this analogy of like um, white bullets <laughs> oh, and yeah. it being um, sugar cubes or just sugar <laughs> <general. laughs> white man's bullets. Yeah. First, first, the white man brought disease, then he brought diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> then he brought the pops. Oh man, I went to Indian Market and I saw, um, I saw him. Oh, yeah. you saw um oh, the the police officer his pops name, or Biggs? I, was, was it Biggs? It was like Zen or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he really tall? Okay, so <laughs> my view was not great. I was like on a rooftop having lunch, but I could see I you know seen him walking, but he has this walk too, like his stoic native he, he walks well, like know. how white anthropologists describe natives walk he's got like that gait and he's like and he does like this thing where his shoulders go a little back and yeah. forth and i'm like damn yeah. with his boots but from from what i've seen just from, from from on top um you know he's he's like an average you know average native bill you know height also where you're like zan hey zan hi <laughs> He's like, oh, walking my. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I saw you on that one show. I love you. <laughs> you can be my cop. When I say a cap, I don't mean you. I just mean every other cop. <laughs> me. Uh, um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm glad you liked it because, like Cody and I, we were talking about it, and we had no issues with it. Um, but I, we probably should introduce you because folks are probably like, I mean, I feel like maybe some people might recognize your voice and your name, 
but you know, could, could you introduce yourself to the, to the listeners? Okay. Yeah. It's kind of weird how I just came in and <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I think it was, Somewhere. it was very, very natural to be honest. <laughs> um, all right. Well, for our listeners, I'm Yat eh. Shea, Crystal Little Ben, Yinishia, Kintla Chitney, Nishlim, my Idash Gijni, Bushes Chin, Bean Petoni, Dashiche Auto, Bits Ani, Dashinale, um, Tonanesse, Eight IC Dent Nasha, um, the um, Senecana, A, A Adish Yaho, and now Dinahas, A, A Shinache, Doko, Dinah College, the A Banashnish. Uh, program coordinator Aina Schlindel, Naval Cultural Arts Program with Yahiki Abanashnish. Um, for our non-Navajo listeners, um, my name is Crystal Littleben, and I am of the Red House clan, born for the Coyote Pass clan, which is so funny because we come with so many jokes with being <laughs> born for coyote. Then <laughs> um, um, my maternal grandfather's clan are the Deer Springs clan, and my paternal um, are the um, under his cover slash. Uh, we recently learned um, is actually um, um, leaf leaf people clan. So. Um, that's is, something that we recently learned within our family. Is that a um, rare clan, if you don't mind me asking? Um, yeah, it's it's actually um, Bitani. So it's yeah, it's it's rare. <laughs> I haven't met anyone else who had that. Um, but it's in the it's on it's in the client system. It's written there, so I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, so that's kind of weird to try to transition that my my fourth client to that but um uh, I'm originally from Tuba City um I was born in Tuba City my mother and my maternal grandparents my mother's side they're all from Tuba City and um but I grew up in Round Rock and um we moved to Round Rock when I was I would say like five or six. So that's why I say I grew up in Rondo, but my roots are in Tuba City. So um, then my dad and my dad's side, they're from Round Rock. Um, my dad's dad, my Nolly, uh, my Nolly man's side is from Rock Point. So that's where my last name comes from, is from Rock Point, is Little Ben. And uh, I'm 29 years old. I turn 30 next year and I work um, at Dana College. I'm the program coordinator for the Navajo Culture Arts Program. Um, we do a lot of various <laughs> um, programming with the with academics, but also with the community. Um, I, I love my job because it really um, helps me stay close to you know, our culture, it actually helped me learn um, how to silversmith. So that's something that I do on the side. Um, I have a silversmithing business. Um, and yeah, and just helping our students just trying to um, us seeing the progress from where they started to where they end. And some of them have their own businesses now some of them are um, ribbon winners like at the herd art market at Swaya best to show winner it's just 
it's amazing. I love to, I love seeing that progress and just um, seeing how happy and they, they, they found, you know, them finding another way to take care of themselves. Not like, not just economically, but, you know, emotionally, mentally, they said that it, it really helps them out. So, but yeah, that's what I do. Um, Great. Yeah. Walking by yeah. the, the market and the tent and you see like the first place you're all, I'll talk to them that not like walk off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just amazing. And we always try to support them and we, we try to um, visit them at their booths. If they're at, if they're showing, sometimes they, they're even like at Gallup or even like yeah. Navajo Nation. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I had a question just based on that line. Um, cause I, I've been grappling with this idea of Navajo being, uh, blah, 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 blah. sorry, I'm backtrack that Navajo people being, when it comes to, I'm thinking in two ways, production and distribution. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Distribution, you know, uh, that we are collectively organized to kind of distribute our wealth a little bit more rather than keeping it within our family or we're, I guess, family being a extended family, um, and I've always wondered how we could collectivize production. And, you know, I've had conversations with Cody about this, about starting co-ops or uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Cody, that a union or what, what was it? Oh, yeah. Like a union or a guild? A guild. Yes. A guild of, of Navajo silversmithers, I, I guess in general, just Navajo producers. And I was wondering, um, and this is kind of out of the blue, because when we first talked to you, we had a very specific thing we were going to talk to you about, um, or to a couple of things, but this is kind of out of the blue. But I was wondering, do you see like silversmithers kind of working together collectively, maybe forming a, a guild or a union um, to increase their ability to garner more profit and usually to distribute with other folks i don't know i mean it's it's a it's really out there it's, it's cool if you don't answer i won't be here i'm just kidding <laughs> well honestly um before i got involved with within the arts through the um the program that i work for now um <clears throat> i honestly thought it was just competition 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 like they're trying to one up each other all these artists but when you get to know um the artists and the reason why they're doing it um, and the reason, and we work with a lot of artists too that we would consider master artists and we bring them in to teach our students or to host workshops and they're always down for that. And they're always willing to um, teach other people what they know, um, the stories, the songs and that's when I come, uh, I've come to realize that that's how all the artists are. And if it's, and if they are working towards a good cause, um, they, they will, they are willing to come together and, um, establish or accomplish that goal that they, that they all have. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it was kind of, it was kind of, um, interesting to kind of see that side of it because, before it was completely different, but artists, they, they love to work together. They love to collaborate. Um, they love helping each other and um, supporting each other because they know how hard it is. They know what they have to go through <laughs> to uh, make money, to network, to, you know, they trying to keep up with everyday life. So, yeah. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause that's something I'm, I'm more interested in. That's something I'm interested in, which is the idea of people working together to produce things um and i i generally see like 
and this may be a misinterpretation and, and you can correct me if I, I was under the impression that there's a lot of competition uh, or, or competition, but also like individualism, um, which, you know, like it, it's a balance to work between two, but I, I do appreciate that response. Um, did you have any questions, Cody? I don't, I, before I move oh, on. No, I thought that was cool. Cause like, I, I always thought like it would be interesting if the Navajo nation were to make somehow, um, you know, like, put the unionized the silver silversmiths and try to put them in the uh have the ability to for the Navajo nation to kind of flex with like trading posts and pawn shops and stuff like that and kind of utilize the Navajo nation as a tool like that um you know but it sounds pretty cool that like you know that they actually come together and help each other out when they need it I know uh my partner her dad is a silversmith her whole family's family is silversmiths and it's so cool just to see their dynamic, you know, when someone needs to solder and someone needs to, um, you know, cast, I'm just like, damn, that's pretty cool. They're like, Hey, can I use your shop? And they're like, go for it. <laughs> and they're like, they don't recharge them. They're just like, I got to run into town. You know, usually people will be like, Oh, it's going to be like 50 bucks or something like that. But they're like, Oh no, it's, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I think one time they even almost burned down their shop it was, and they just start like, they didn't even get mad. They just started laughing about it. Like, remember that time I almost burned down your shop? I was like, fuck. Jeez. I think, I think every, like, if you, when you start something new um, or try something new, either it'd be like a sport or like art, you have, there's, I feel like there's that some sort of initiation process, like something has to happen to you. <laughs> and that's when you, okay, all right, now, now I can continue. Now I'm a silversmith. Now, like, hitting your hand with the hammer when you're trying to stamp <laughs> or oh, with like me, I, um, well, like with archery, I shot recurve <laughs> for dinner college and NAU and just getting slapped in the arm, man. But it just, something has to happen for you to, and if you just back off from that after that, then, you know, it wasn't for you, but if you continue, then, you know, you love it. <laughs> just gotta toughen up or quit a, <laughs> <laughs> oh great um yeah no I, I i that's something it's it's interesting to hear that there are certain like uh customs and, and i've never done archery but i just can only imagine the slap the i've been slapped by my mom so that's pretty close just kidding no but not kidding about disciplinary actions that she's taken um but yeah no i we do appreciate you coming on and hopping on um and and one we wanted to talk to you you know, about something that recently happened, uh, but also is an entry point into a larger discussion of misogyny on the reservation. Um, and I, I don't really confine it to the reservation. I think it's a, an, an issue all around the world that it manifests itself in, particularly, you know, uh, what usually men telling women what they can and can't do with their bodies. Uh, and in some cases, women also kind of following in those lines because of this recent incident. But would you be comfortable just kind of giving a brief over or a, a summary as to what had happened to you? Or what had happened? Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I was on vacation. <laughs> I took the time off that I needed <clears throat> that my first vacation within like the past three years, four years. And <clears throat> I went to Vegas. Um, my one of my good friends she was turning 30 so we all went out there and 
Yeah, we're having a great time. Um, <clears throat> we're having a great time. Um, I was on this, or I'm on this really, you know, health kick as well. So I've been really consistent taking care of my, my physical self, um, trying to, um, I guess just better myself. Just, I've been, I've been trying to find ways to, um, help, you know, help my mental health, you know, my emotional health and my physical health. So I've been, so I've been feeling good. <laughs> so I've been feeling good and we're having fun and we were at the pool. <laughs> we're at the pool and I'm like, hey, I'm gonna take a selfie. <laughs> and, and I was like, and, I, and this is, okay. And I've never, I've never um, wore a bikini to, to uh, swimming I guess um a two-piece bikini and so it was like okay yeah hell yeah I'm feeling good and and so I just took a selfie and I I didn't post like as a um like as a real post I, I don't know how to I don't know how to say it I think it's like a Facebook story right yeah, like, yeah. it was I put it as a story I put it as my story on Instagram I put it a story on um Facebook and, and like I forgot about it because I was having fun. I, I forgot about it, and then people started messaging me. Uh, I think on Facebook first, and they're like, "Why are people like this?" I'm like, "What are you guys talking about?" And then they started to um, screenshot <clears throat> what this person said. Um, oh, and then for the listeners, um, I think maybe this would be. Um, something that needs to be <laughs> added to. Um, I'm also a former Miss Navajo. Um, I was Miss Navajo 2017-2018. Uh, so, and, and I'm saying that because of what this person said. Um, yeah, and so it just received a lot of attention. Um, and I was just kind of thrown back, like, why was this person you know, why did this person have to take their time out of their day to say, say this about me? But anyway, it took off. Um, I started to get shamed, body shamed, slut shamed. I started to, um, people started to degrade me, saying, eventually saying that I had no values growing up. <laughs> um, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't know my traditional um uh, culture. I wasn't raised traditionally, like everything like that, and really just degrading me. And I stopped. I stopped reading the comments after a while. So and then I blocked everyone that I needed to block. And I tried telling people because um, apparently people were also um, saving screenshots of the, of the photo. Um, actually people are also sharing like my my stories too like screenshots of my stories before and it just really took off and um it was it was horrible what people were saying and but at the same time i've received a lot of support um people were messaging me um people were you know writing statuses about um, the support, how this was really messed up. And, you know, in topics such as like missing and murdered indigenous women um, topics came up, people saying that this is why 
you know, our, our Native women are going missing and people, then I think that's what really made a lot of people um, upset is how they're comparing the two. Um, and yeah, and it's just, it, it, I was just amazed of how much, how it blew up and how much attention it received. And I had to really stay away from social media for a bit. Um, I tried to read the messages that I got because they're mostly really, you know, supportive messages. Um, but I can't, to this day, I haven't gone through all of them. Um, yeah, and then I just was getting like friend requests, follows. Um, and what really bugs me though to this day is that um, people have screenshots of me and um, still sharing it. I don't know, but also what, what really doesn't bother me though is that, you know, they're saying that I don't have, you know, values. I wasn't raised traditional. I don't know who I am. Like it, that doesn't bother me because I know who I am. And I was, yeah, and I, and I feel like I don't need to <laughs> really try to um, back myself up for that. But yes, that was a long way to explain it. But no, no. I, basically, I you... that's just what happened. It was from a photo, a selfie of myself feeling good about my about myself, and I was having fun. And it just in the end, it just made it made me feel like like guilty. Like okay, um, guess I can't have fun. Um, but I think a huge part of it was that people were also getting upset because I was a former Miss Navajo, and they were like why is she <laughs> dressed like this? Why is she posting photos like this? But it, it's, it's me, like I'm trying to show that, you know, I'm happy. I was having a great time. And like, you know, I'm not the only one who's post photos like yeah. this or whatever. Um, but of course, <laughs> I think I like to say like, of course, of course it would happen to me. No, <laughs> of course no. this stuff will happen to me. Yeah, I, I think that's how I found out about it. I um, because I I think it was someone someone shared it on Facebook, the original poster who was critiquing you, and if I remember correctly, they did victim blame when they were talking about missing, murdered Indigenous women because they were like, oh this oh it's how you dress is the attention that you attract, and it was like really bizarre. Um, but you know it, I think the way I understand it is it's pretty common. Not I shouldn't say it's common that people would react that way where it's it's coming from a very conservative point of view where victim blaming comes into and then talking about like body shaming and how people should be dressing. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you did get a lot of support, you know, from people. And to me, that signals that there is kind of shift, a shift, a, dare I say a paradigm shift? No, I was kidding. Uh, like a shift in thinking and how to deal with this because I, I'll be, I don't know if that's something, and maybe, you know, you can speak to this point, um, is just like, I just don't think that's something that would have happened maybe five or 10 years ago, like people supporting you and what you're doing um, versus, I think that it, we've come a long way within like the span of 10 years, just based on how much social media has been utilized and how much information has been disseminated as to countering patriarchy. Um, so, you know, if you want to speak on that, it's up to you. And then Cody, did you, I don't know, do you have any comments? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I also came across it. I'm from the original poster, the OP, I guess. But I mean, 
the thing is like you know the the person it didn't seem like they were trying to help out the situation they literally were just pointing fingers and you know um that's kind of like uh, you know what i saw was from the person and also multiple a multitude of people that use their social media uh, platforms to like um kind of criticize a lot of people uh but uh i you know i i just thought they were they were way out of line they they didn't understand the context or anything like that but also like it's you're swimming <laughs> it's like you're literally having a good time she should have been wearing a shirt and some cut off <laughs> jeans damn it she's miss navajo have some respect like because oh when you said that the whole thing about the bikini thing i was like that's kind of normal but again i'm thinking like they're probably thinking about like when a bunch of res people go to like the mud hole and it's just like wearing <laughs> some cut off jeans i don't know i mean but like it, it's so like i don't know i mean that's what i was really surprised about which i was just like the focus on like how you looked i was just and then the comments the really creepy comments that i don't think people really talked about which is what you were mentioning is the fact that there is a network that people will screenshot this shit and then share it and then yeah. there were men who were like who, like you know like being joking but i don't know actually i don't think they're joking i think they were genuinely curious but like in their questioning about oh where can i see these photos or what site you know like yeah. it's just it's really fucking creepy and it's yeah. like it's 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 kind of like um it, it, it's part of this longer issue of uh what is it i think recently um i can't remember I, i'll before i say anything about it, i'll but it like to me that's what was also very creepy was yeah. the comments about this because i was like dude what the fuck like what, what are you doing but yeah i was i was gonna say i mean uh does that kind of i mean correct me if i'm wrong but does that does that play a little bit into um kind of like rape culture of like you know these guys being fucking creepy sharing these these you know pictures and then um also making it into a joke and also victim blaming in that you know um i mean i i heard like or um what i had saw especially from men that have talked on the subject they didn't talk about like about the the significance of victim blaming you know and they, they just brought up like uh, slut shaming and you know said some really bad things about it but they didn't talk about like victim victim blaming or the effects the adverse effects that a, a society has on you know people that want to express their you know especially women that want to express themselves in any way shape or form that they feel like absolutely i agree with that and what's crazy is that um it's the women. The women are the ones who are, you know, supporting. They're the ones who reached out to me. And they're the ones who are advocating. Um, they're the ones that are trying to fix, you know, these issues. And that's why I was very appreciative when you guys reached out to me and that you guys wanted to, to discuss um, this topic or this, <laughs> this thing that happened to me because some really sensitive topics did come up through, you know, through this and, um, it really showcased like how how um, our you know older generation you know how how their their mindset and their mentality is um, still and what's crazy is that that's the generation that raised us right now and and what's amazing too out of this is that we individuals 
in our age range, they reached out to me. They were backing me. They were supporting me. They were checking up on me. They're asking if I'm okay because it was, yeah, it was awful. <clears throat> it was awful. Um, it really, um, someone who already deals with, you know, like anxiety um, and some some issues, like it was really awful to, to kind of pull myself back out and I and it was it, it took a while but um I think not I think but having that support system my friends uh, my family them reaching out to me and then especially those messages of support it was it was amazing it really helped but <clears throat> there was I seen the younger folks trying to explain why it was wrong but it just, I didn't, nothing was, <laughs> nothing was, you know, they weren't internalizing any of that. And that's kind of the hard, um, the hard part to understand and also trying to figure out like, how do we, how do we fix that? You know, how do we, where do we go from here? And I've been talking to um, organizations and some um, leaders about how I can, go use what happened and bring awareness and um, make a change, you know, maybe have like a circle, talking circle, a series. I'm currently working with um, uh, Missing and Murdered Dinner Relatives Collective. Um, I'm donating a necklace that I made and um, we're gonna be doing a raffle soon and all the proceeds will go to that organization because it that topic came up too and just and I'm hoping that having the <clears throat> all the proceeds go to the organization and having that awareness um, because all of the attention that it had I I'm trying to shift that attention towards you know important topics right um, yep. yeah did you want to go Cody or oh yeah I was just going to say that's that's you know that's that's pretty awesome I, I think you know um, a lot of people also didn't think about that is that like you're actually solving problem solving and finding solutions and everyone just wants to criticize 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 it's all here um you know and uh by the way that was like a reference to Django <laughs> but anyway um you know and people will do that you know they'll say all this stuff but when it comes to um actually doing something i guess we call that praxis right um you're actually doing that and everyone of course especially men but also uh women that are kind of stuck in that that misogyny and also patriarchy um uh, you know they 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 don't do anything they, they literally just don't do anything to help um you know help our relatives and you're literally like you know you're donating um, but also you're in there, you're, you're trying to talk with people, you're trying to set up things. And I think that's, I think that's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and I hope, <laughs> I hope that men will, you know, will step up and, you know, try to make a change or um, try to you know, advocate for our women and for, um, 
I guess the the stuff that <laughs> the stuff that we go through because um in reality too is that um, a lot of men don't speak up and I really hope that this that changes and when we go back to the reaction to the creepy reactions um even men that you know friends um even just like I guess male friends on social media <clears throat> their reaction was um it, their reaction was also very uh, I didn't like it because they would say stuff like oh they're just jealous because they can't be in one or um they're just jealous because you looked great like but there was no like are you doing okay I'm, I'm sorry that you know you you went through that they're kind of adding to it you know that gaze they had yeah. the same gaze that were was in the comments is the same thing that they said to me in a different way though right right kicks, you know, it sounds like creepy. it sounds like they were continuing the sexualization of a bot like you know of your body um even if they thought it was like oh this is a compliment you know it's like well there, you know that's that's the root of the issue is maybe the fact that bodies are overly sexualized um yes. but sorry for uh interrupting you um yeah, I just um, like you said, it did. I I I feel like it just continued, um, um, and they it didn't really um, help with anything really. <laughs> um, but I'm I you know that's my hope is I hope a lot more men, um, especially our Navajo men, uh, step up and just be support systems of their you know Navajo women and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so I know, uh, you know, we, we as men have to hold other men accountable, but from, from your perspective and in, in your work in the MIS, uh, MMIW and also MMIP, um, what do you, what is, I guess, one, one thing that you can say that like words of advice for, for if, if we do see something like this occurring for us men, what, what can we do? Uh, to kind of help tackle, or I guess, uh, how, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word is, but to help uh, alleviate a lot of a lot of stress that are put on our women folk. I think it, I think a lot what, what would help a lot is just to listen and be informed. Be informed of the many perspectives and many ways that you know that this that you can help. Um, it doesn't even have to be speaking up. You can help in different ways. There, there are many ways that you can help and support um, our Navajo woman and protect, you know? And, but it just goes back to listening and being informed. And um, I think a lot of our Navajo men, um, they, they, they do need to do some re research and be informed. Fucking read a book. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, no. <laughs> no I, you know, all seriousness though, I think, you know, if there are native men listening, you know, I think it's, I, I think it's important to one way that I've, you know, had to work into my, my being 
after getting called out so many times or called in, right? And I guess called out too, um, was that when you're holding other men accountable, it doesn't have to be a public call. Like you could just send him a message and be like, hey, that's not a good, that's not, don't, don't like tell them what they did is incorrect. Explain why, you know, send some readings. And, and it's very uncomfortable, you know, but it's necessary. Like it, I think most dudes who do feel that way, and this is who do feel that way are, are generally maybe just because they, they've never actually held men in that kind of accountable position where they put them there. It's kind of always just been like, Oh, that's my homie, you know? Um, it, and it, as someone who's practicing it, it's, it's still very uncomfortable, but you know, it's something that we need to do. Um, yeah. So I was going to go ahead. Good. Marley. Good. No, that was it. I was, I was just going to say that. And then my, my last thing, I like this, the idea that like, we kind of like what you you're demonstrating is that we have to move on. We, we change. And I've heard some men say, oh, well, that's just their thinking from their time. But it's like, yeah, but that doesn't really, you know, give them a pass. You know, like we we should be actively trying to change their minds regardless. Um, and, and to me, that's really important work on men's point of, of what we can do is just like really shifting how we think about these things. Um, and then, you know, highlighting, I think the very important thing that I pulled out from this, that what you said is that shame is definitely an instrument of like how an oppressive group or like a class of people um, maintain power, you know, or like maintain a certain way of thinking is that they use shame um, in in accordance with that. So uh, yeah, again, my, my final point is just like, if you're a dude out there and you're feeling comfortable and you see some shit going down, just pull your homie aside and just be like, that's not, you know, like that's not um, something, you know, that's not, acceptable it's appropriate it's not appropriate and, and explain why it's uncomfortable but once you do it more it becomes less uncomfortable and if you lose friends you lose friends it's, you know it's having principles and um yeah. yeah i've had to hold cody accountable so many times i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i've had to talk to cody many times no, i'm just kidding cody we, me and cody we've been pretty good about you know in in our in our in our um in our interactions with us and trying to like double check like was that did i come off this way or you know does is this an appropriate appropriate I think thing to do. I think yeah. our native men also they're afraid to um I guess well not that it's not they're afraid to put themselves out there you know they're afraid to be vulnerable um I think and that's not their fault you know for them to think that because of how we all were how we were all raised um how Navajo men are portrayed but I think to all the native Navajo I guess native and Navajo men were portrayed but um for those listening that those for those native men listening it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to be connected you know with your feelings your emotions um we're not gonna shame you for that we're a whole new generation um it's actually amazing to find to meet um, native men who are so in tuned with themselves and they're able to express themselves yeah, can can it go off of that real quick? Uh, like, uh, one thing is that if you're on the receiving end of being held accountable, right, um, is that you should, I mean, you should definitely take it in, like you know, and also, um, if if you're on the receiving end, if you're getting uncomfortable, that's the reason why. Like, if you're uncomfortable with changing and stuff like that, that's one of the reasons why someone's actually taking you out of that comfort zone you're like hey man you you know you're kind of fucking up uh but i'm also here to to talk with you about how you're fucking up and how we can fix it you know and i think a lot of men 
turn other people, especially other men off, especially when, you know, someone's holding them accountable. And, um, you know, going back to that, like, I've, you know, I've been held accountable a lot of times I've had. um, Yeah, they're very comfortable in patriarchy. And, and they're uncomfortable about breaking those patriarchal views. And that's one thing is that uh, we need to change that. We need to change that as men, that we are uncomfortable to change, you know, uh, because our uh, our comfortability is someone else's uncomfortable situation. And right now, that uncom- uncomfortable situation is greatly impacting our uh, missing, you know, our, our women and our femme, our femme uh, relatives. And so if you're on the receiving end, just uh, just fucking take it in, you know, just 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 fucking tough it out hey. right <laughs> listen. yeah yeah listen definitely listen yeah and, and don't think being held accountable is you being shamed like it's i feel like yeah. that's a, a default mode of men where like the moment they're held to any type of responsibility of what they've said and done they immediately feel like you're attacking them and it's like yo like just chill bro like just listen to what i'm saying you know i'm not trying yeah. to be attacked and whatnot granted you i mean you know I'll, you know like that's just don't get so personal about it these are there are larger systemic issues at hand here that contribute to your personal behavior and you have the uh, the option to to change your behavior and to change the way you think about things so yeah and yeah so um yeah sorry go ahead crystal no i i i encourage i even now at this at this time um we we don't condone you know men who are not able to i guess be be in tune with themselves i feel like there's this shift in society right now about um mental health um and i feel like also i don't want to really scrutinize Navajo native men on how they're not able to be open um, because they don't really have that much support system as well. Um, There's not that many programs for them as well. So um, in order for them to be open, I feel like it would have to, you know, come from another man. So I think um, so I think that opening a, creating a dialogue between men and men, and, you know, like you guys said, holding each other accountable, I think that would, that would go a long way. I'm going to insert a quick promotion. We do have Bud's night, brother, uncle, dad, and Marley and I are facilitators. So if, if you're, um, interested in, you know, participating in that. That's one thing that we've, we've been um, doing um, for like a couple of months now, actually. It's, it's great. It's great. It's, it's a men's talking circle, but yeah. I believe the Gambo <laughs> shop did one as well. Uh, I also just wanted to, I like that point you made that cause it, you know, people are probably like, God damn it, dude, probably going to talk about capitalism again, you know, but like there, there's material conditions that are at play while we talk about it. And I think you point out, right. We just don't have programs for that, whether that 
you know, in our tribal government, I'm not going to go through the whole apparatus of the tribal government, but a lot of the revenue doesn't, it goes to social, it goes to, oh my goodness, it goes to social services, but it's not able to expand beyond what's already been given, which, you know, they've been pretty helpful, but we do need like rehabilitation centers or like how to deal with um, like counselors. You know, we don't have this uh, apparatus for uh, care for men. Um, and this, and, and, and I think that's crucial. And I think you make a good point about that. Um, despite me sounding all like, yo, man, Native men just need to read a book, you know, or just talk to each other, you know, join a men's circle. Um, but yeah, but I, I do agree. I think that's a good point to make that there are, that this current patriarchy isn't really, is, is not, is inseparable from capitalism. And there's a lot of people who write about that. Um, but anyways, I'll, I'll leave it at that before I go on a long ass rant for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cody has to get going soon. Yeah, um, I unfortunately have to leave. I wanted to maybe spend the last five or 10 minutes uh, just talking about your work at Danae College uh, as the program director, um, because you did go to Indian Market, right? And you were, yeah. uh, it's all, I want to confirm, they, on the record, I want you to say. record? <laughs> 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 uh, I want everybody to know you didn't post anything on social media. Just kidding. Um but you know yeah. now what's sad what's sad is that i'm so cautious now when i post on social media <laughs> no i mean it's understandable especially with how like things i mean with within the networks of navajo gossip and how things spread pretty quickly yeah um, so with this program um you know what what are some what are some horizons that you see this your program kind of accomplishing um and I'd be really curious to see, like, you know, what kind of direction you want to take it and what, what kind of um, aspirations you have for it. Um, so the Naval Cultural Arts Program is um, we've entered our sixth year. Um, it's a grant funded program. Um, and we. We help um, master artists um, connect with emerging artists. And so there's, um, there's that intergenerational transfer of knowledge um, within our Navajo culture arts. And we want to, you know, produce more Navajo culture arts um, uh, artists. And our program have, has actually done a lot <laughs> to this to this day. Um, what we see for this program is actually um, to continue um, being and being sustainable through the Dinah College schools. Um, right now, um, we're transitioning our programs to be kind of run um, function through two different schools, which is the School of Dinah Studies and Education, and also the School of Arts, Humanities and English. So we we eventually want to hand off our program to the schools um, because we can only fund this program for so for so long unless we'll, we would constantly apply for grants to fund this program. Um, but we, since we also have an academic portion, um, we also run a Naval Culture Arts Certificate program, and they can our students. They can emphasize in Navajo silversmithing, Navajo moccasin making, Navajo basketry, Navajo pottery, um, 
Navajo weaving. And then we also recently established the Bachelor of Fine Arts program in Navajo weaving and in Navajo silversmithing, which is one of a kind. And you can only get that education here at Dene College. And recently um, creating a minor in Native American studies and also in Navajo culture arts and soon a minor in Navajo weaving and in Navajo silversmithing. So um, this program has kind of spearheaded a lot of programs that started here at the NET College and we do want it to be um, sustainable when I guess when we kind of back off, you know, and but we also want to continue to see our students um, becoming artists. Uh, we want to continue to see our students uh, eventually getting their, their MFA and coming back to the college and teach, um, say, Navajo silversmithing or to teach Navajo weaving. So that's our goal is to produce um, artists and for them to come back and to teach our students, more students teach our people. And um, yeah, and, and we do a lot of community outreach. We do lecture, we have lecture series, we have workshop series, um, we have Navajo language series. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot that we have done within under this program and um yeah, and we just, it's a really such a community-based program. What are some upcoming events that y'all have uh, coming up? Oh, um, we currently are working with the, with um, our representative, um, Jasmine Blackwater Nigren. She reached out to our program um, they they want to do an exhibit with us. So we're currently working on an exhibit that's gonna be um, at the Arizona State Capitol. And I reached out to our current students and our alumni if they can submit um, pieces for it. So right now we're in the um, framing, you know, framing the prints and pretty and next month, we're planning on sending them out to Phoenix and they can um, create the exhibit, curate the exhibit out there for a whole year. So that's an exciting one. Um, oh, that is very and, exciting. Yeah, and some, some of our students have them for sale, some of them don't, but if you're at the Arizona State Capitol <laughs> within the next year, um, visit, I, I believe it's the third floor. Um, you'll see a lot of our student pieces. Um, I submitted a piece for it. Um, our former grant manager submitted a piece. So it's, um, um, that's something that I've been working on the past two months. Is, and, is it, a, I'm sorry, is it a variety of things? Like, is, like, is it silver work, painting? Yeah, oh, so okay. there's some silver work, there's uh, some weavings, um, there's moccasins. There's really cool um, woven um, plant hanger that's in there, uh, sash belt. <laughs> so there's a variety and we're super excited about that. And yeah, and that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm glad that y'all have been able to reach out to like, or that uh, Jasmine um, 
reach out to y'all. I'm saying Jasmine, like our first, <laughs> first name basis. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the representative of Arizona reached out to y'all to, to get that curated because um, you don't, I mean, as far as I know, I mean, in that capital, I've always seen like uh, stuff from like tribes in the South or Southern of Arizona, which is fine. No big deal. I'm not, I'm not like trying yeah. to <laughs> sound somehow about it, um, but it, I'm, I'm glad to see that. And I'm glad to see that this program is actually going beyond the college. Cause I, you know, for me, I've always, when I was working at Dine College, it, I've always felt that we were always what's boxed in and were limited by outside folks who just couldn't see us expanding into different areas. Um, so I'm really excited to hear that the program is, is putting this together with students to showcase some art. Um, I had a question, you know, this is, I feel like this is a very common thing, but like, you know, for interested students who may be listening, how can they apply? Like, is there, <laughs> when's the next time to start applying, if, you know, help them out? Well, so we offer our uh, certificate program and BFA, of course, under Dina College. So you would just have to go through the same process that, you know, all prospective Dina College students go through. Um, I think some people kind of, um, they kind of think that we're kind of separate, you know, in CAP and Dina College. No, it's all one. Um, apply the same way you would to Dina College and you can get into the courses. Um, we used to do it in a cohort basis, but right now it's just anyone. You can um, get the certificate or your degree, you know, on your, you know, at your own time, at your own pace. Um, yeah, and Dina College, they're doing their half-off tuition this semester again. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned it because I was like, I don't remember if the, the tuition's half-off. Yo, this is like the perfect time to like get some credits and, and, and get a get a <laughs> right. certificate. And it's perfect too because our all of our cultural arts courses are online. They're virtual. Our Navajo language courses are virtual. Like that, that never happens. That never happens. Of course, you know, there was that transition, like when we had to completely go online, it was kind of hard for us to figure out like, okay, how are we going to continue our cultural arts courses? But we did it. You know, I, I went to our instructor's house, did video recording, um, created, you know, um, lessons. We did, we did um, well, we currently do um, issue out bundles, materials for these courses. So um, it's, it's doable. We've had students from like, as far as New York, you know, take our moccasin making class. And I was going to mention that. Yeah, I, I knew some people out in the Southeast that were like, yeah, I took a class at Dine College after I mentioned that I worked there. And I'm like, what? How did you take a class? And then the, <laughs> it's online. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, and then I always felt bad because like, you know, I'm Navajo and I've I've never taken a class, but I was talking to my partner. I was like, I should probably take a class. We've both been thinking about it. Um, so oh I, my might, gosh. I and, might get certified. And the fact that you could get your BA, BFA for half off the tuition <laughs> is just crazy. It's just amazing. I don't know why people aren't taking advantage of it, but, um, and I, I think they're also doing this, um, if you do well this semester, your next semester will be free tuition. <laughs> what? I know. I was so I was like, wow, this is this is like once in a lifetime right now to just get a certificate or to get a BA or BFA. Exactly. 
and it's such an opportunity, such an opportunity. I don't know, but we can only say so much. And right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopefully. Well, that's what I was saying when, when we had to go out to Santa Fe to market and recruit for our BFA program and the certificate program. Um, But we had a lot of interests and it was, you know, it was great. It was great to see. Oh, we also ran into like former students, former staff, former faculty. So it, it was, it was great. If that's any, like any, uh, if that's a sign of how well the program works out, a lot of these people are probably selling at the Indian market or have some kind of stand in or near the Indian market. Right. Is that, is that how Absolutely. Like with, um, with our NCAP program, you know, like I said earlier, they're now, you know, placing at Indian market. They're now placing at, well, heard Indian market. They're now placing at Swaya, all these other markets. And not only with NCAP with the, within the cultural arts, but we have our other BFA students that, you know, paint, um, photograph. They're, you know, doing the same thing too. And and what was awesome too was that in Santa Fe there are three three markets going on, so basically anyone could have you know gone out there and you know if you make something if you're an artist you could have sold you could have sold out there. So, but it was really nice. It was really good vibes. It was really nice to um, talk to artists and um, and I was like, okay, well, am I gonna am I for me. It was either, am I going to work or am I going to sell? <laughs> um, I, I, but, I feel like it would if it was me, I would have been, am I going to work, sell, or buy? And I would have been like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to I can't, I can't buy anymore. I can't buy. Um, but I, I did apply to the herd market and I did get in this past year. So I was a part of the um, herd Indian market. So that was, that was a really good experience, um, even though, although it was virtual. So... And then I didn't apply for Swaya, but that's, you know, that's a goal of mine. And I really hope that that also encourages our own students of where you can go um, and hoping to be an example for that, because I did learn how to silversmith through this program. So, um, and yeah, and I love it. And that's one of my, the main um, art form that I really enjoy. Heck, I even started a business with it. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what that's that's like I that's what I'm like trying to. I think that's that's the beauty of like Janae College is it offers these kind of courses that provide a technical skill because like sometimes I'm always consumed in theory and whatnot, and I just want to learn something technical. Mm-hmm. And you know, for Navajos to have that skill set isn't just as a means to support yourself, but also a means of like reproducing knowledge. Uh, that can be passed on so that yes that intergenerational transfer of knowledge and not just that but you can it helps you take care of yourself like you if you having a bad day go to your art um it takes up takes care of your mentality your spirituality that's what you you know what what you're after your emotions you know it's just and it also you know, lets you reflect on yourself too. And um, <laughs> I think I'm trying to sell my program. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm like, let's push it, baby. Let's, let's see what happens. I was like, you can sign up, just mention book and sick podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, my, I guess I'll, I'll end it with like this final question. Cause this is a question I asked Cody um, 
And it was going to be a question I asked all of us. And the question was, uh, well, I should probably put the context. The context is that prior to the pandemic, there was a CDC uh, director who said that if people wear their face masks for four to six weeks, um, we could contain the pandemic. And then another person who was the advisor to Biden said that if, I, I don't know if it was Biden, actually, it was an advisor to the, to the president, said that if we had just been paid to stay home for four to six weeks, and I'll say six weeks, that we could pay workers to stay home, we would have this under control. And my question to Cody was, if the Navajo Nation were to pay you to stay home for six weeks, and the assumption is you don't do anything, you don't even have to do your job, what would you do for six weeks? Shoot, I'll be pumping out bracelets, earrings, get back to my weaving that is currently unfinished. Just doing a lot of um, stuff that you 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 try to do, you know, but you don't have time for. Um, for me, it's oh, it would always be going. Gra- I always gravitate towards my arts on free time or um, six weeks, man, like exercise get into something go fishing man it would be a lot um a lot of things to do especially on the res yeah if you're on if you're quarantined on the res there's a lot of things to do i'm not sure i can't speak for the those that are living in the city um especially if everything's closed down i wouldn't know (laughs) what to do but that's what i would do (laughs) cody cody was like i'm gonna go travel and i'm like dude you're in a pandemic you can't travel you're supposed to stay (laughs) home or like you know don't go to your neighbors but just like you know socially distance he's like i'm gonna travel like bro you're gonna spread it again um but yeah i i do appreciate you and i'll I'll be i'll speak on behalf of cody too We, we appreciate you joining us for this conversation um, and, and talking to us about this really important issue, but also the fact that highlighting that it's like it's 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 a, it's a symptom of a larger issue, but also that there are means and ways that we can kind of counteract it and, and get people to shift in their thinking, um, or just to maybe be more self-aware when they comment on certain things. But also, um, you know, me and Cody, we. We we do we we do appreciate you talking to us about the program because you know Cody's a knife worker. I don't know what like a welder. I oh yeah, know. I know. I bought yeah one yeah. So, <laughs> I did too. I bought two of them. Um and and so like but we do uh, we understand the importance of that kind of work and for you for you to be able to talk to us about all these different subjects, um we we really appreciate it and and for the time and effort um that you've given us because you know like I said it's. It's some of it's a very sensitive topic, um, but necessary things that you know parse out. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, and uh, you know, on on behalf of me and Cody as well. Yeah, no problem. I mean, again, I I feel like we're using the word appreciate a lot, but I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you know you guys asking me and making me feel comfortable, even with the first because at first I was like, hmm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys were willing to meet, you know, beforehand and kind of, you know, get comfortable. And yeah. I did. Yeah. And um that made everything a lot better. So like, are these just fuck boys or like what me? <laughs> <laughs> um, are well, they gonna I- let me talk? Are they oh, no? But um <laughs> no, it's um I do appreciate it. I, I appreciate what you what the message you guys were trying to um what you guys are aiming for. And yeah, and yeah, just asking me to be on the 
and to tell my side and how I felt and what I think and what I'm doing, you know, because I feel like a lot of people don't see that side and, and they just have this kind of um, perspective of me now, <laughs> which, you know, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to blame them you know, or call them out for that. But, you know, that's just how social media is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and that was something Cody and I were really, we wanted to be careful about because we understand, you know, we have our own analysis of things, um, you know, but we also just didn't want to over, like, you know, it, it felt uncomfortable if me and Cody were to talk about this without first asking you if you'd even be wanting to discuss it. Because that's, mm-hmm. I think that's generally kind of what happens is comment social commentary tends to just comment on things and not really be self-aware as to how they're talking about it, but also whether or not they talk about it in a correct way. Mm-hmm. And um, how, you know, in a way they're hurting, they're, con- they're, con- they're continuing the narrative and they're hurting the person, the subject still. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, you know, I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. Well, thank and- you. I, I, like I said, I can only say, I'm appreciative. Do is there a Navajo word for appreciate, or is that a yeah? No, is that this is this is why I need the BA, the BFA. <laughs> I'm I'm a little I'm I'm a living example of why you should probably sign up for these classes. <laughs> Listen to Marley, you guys. You go <laughs> speak to that college. You can learn Navajo language virtually. Oh, and my father's a Navajo, one of the Navajo language instructors here at the College too. So um her been hearing great things about him so um sign up for his class (laughs) can you can you uh what's his name so folks know who who to sign up for (laughs) his name is thomas (laughs) thomas little ben (laughs) um now they have no excuse he's a great instructor um yeah yeah so and there are various there are other um instructors like I don't know if I should be naming them on here, but anyways, um, <laughs> you can look on the, on the graduate or on the, what's it? Oh the yeah. There's page. a course <laughs> schedule. You guys go look at the course schedule. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the clicks go up, the clicks go up for the program. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, my program, Navajo culture arts program, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well with my full name. Uh, my business, my silversmithing business is leading with fire. And I only have it on Instagram right now. So okay, I'll definitely uh, I'll put those links in the the show notes. <laughs> okay. All right. But um, yeah, but thank you so much for having me on. And um, yeah, thanks for all that you guys are, you know, trying to um, raise awareness about.